this is Tassie Hawthorne from sunny California, and I listen to STMK Radio 100. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 on Facebook Live. Back up in the club, black wood. Got the whole club rocking like wood. Everybody going home, have every lady singing my song. Steady rocking on night. 
What's up, y'all? I'm Sharita Cherry from Atlanta. And to all my hairstylists out there, I listen to STMK Radio 100. In Atlanta, we listen to STMK Radio 100. California, we listen to STMK Radio 100. This is Tassie Hawthorne from sunny California, and I listen to STMK Radio 100. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 on Facebook Live. This is Christina in Savannah. I listen to STMK Radio 100 on my way home from work. Every Thursday, they keep it 100. Keep it 100. The best talk show on the web is here on STMK Radio 100 with your hosts, Sean L., Let, and Tone the Stone. Come join us from 6 to 8 p.m. Mondays through Fridays. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 with live call-ins, heated discussions about current events, politics, national news, weather, and sports. Join our live online chat room and let your opinion show. Download our phone app. Also, don't miss our pre-election day coverage. Stop the madness. Keep it 100 on STMK Radio 100. Come join us from 6 to 8 p.m. Mondays through Fridays. The best talk show on the web is here on STMK Radio 100. Call us at 1-866-484-7865. That's 1-866-484-STMK. Stop the madness. Keep it 100. You want to support Roller March Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. You can make this possible. From New York and on the new Hot 97 app, Ebro in the morning. On Hot 97. You're listening to STMK Radio 100. You're listening to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100 with your host, Sean L. Let and Tone the Stone on STMK Radio 100. 100. 100. Lean back and listen. 
Hey, good afternoon and welcome to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100. I'm your host, Sean L. Tonight, we're going to go to Atlanta and sit with the professor while he talks about the rides, Trump and Biden's 2020. And he tells us the difference between 1968 and 2020. So sit back and grab a chair because we're getting ready to have a deep conversation when we go to Atlanta with the professor, Prince himself. Right now, we got on the telephone from the ATL, our man, the professor himself, Prince, what's up there? What's up, Sean, how are you doing? Hello, everybody from Atlanta. Hey, I'm doing real good, Prince. You know, it's good to have you back on the air with us, man. Everybody's been asking for you, and you know, with all that's going on, in Trump land, we really, really need to talk to you and find out what the hell is going on. <laughs> well, uh, it's a mess. So let me. Let, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mess. Yeah. Let, let, let's get started right here. Let's, let, let's go into the first thing I want to talk to you about. Biden and Trump, 2020, uh, everybody keeps saying Biden's beating Trump by 14, 15, 30 points. Uh, beating them in Texas and in uh, red states, Georgia. Do you really believe that? Because that's what they said about Hillary, and there were some factors there, but do you really believe the polls? I do. I, I, I think the polls have a, a really uh, uh, clear view of what's, uh, how the uh, masses are feeling. Now, 2016 is a far cry from 2020, granted. But I do believe that the, the, the polls, as best that you can, it can be relied on, is showing a um, uh, consensus of what's going on in the country. Well, that's true, too, because the, the polls in 2016 didn't show the hate for uh, Hillary with the Bernie supporters. So that that's uh, a new point right here now, because I think that... Uh, Never Trumpers and the Republicans and the women in the suburbs are going to supplement the Bernie thing. So let me ask you this. Do you think uh, if Biden picks a black woman, he's, he's, he can take the South? That has been up to for discussion with me and, and my associates down here in Atlanta and elsewhere. You know, the consensus is that, you know, he said a few months back that he will select a woman. But... Um, you think about Biden's current age, I think it's 77, and those individuals, even on the Democratic side, and those independent swing voters, thinking that if an if African-American woman is chosen as his running mate, the possibility of um, Biden not seeing out his term puts an African-American woman in the position of being the president of the United States. And somebody, some, some individuals, I can't tell you who they are, uh, have mixed feelings about that. The possibility of being that so but it will be a woman but being a woman of color is the thing that we'll know in a few weeks in august right because that's going to make all the difference when he comes when he when it brings back over and we're going to talk about that later on in this hour with the professor out of atlanta uh about color and uh race relations that we have right now so in the 2020 election all the polls showing trump getting lopsided, landslide, slapped around. Do you think Trump will stay in the in the running, knowing that he's a narcissist and he hates to lose and everybody's telling him he's going to get a, a shellacking by uh, 
Obama's flunky. Do you see him uh, leaving the race? I made this comment uh, about uh, another show that we did some time ago about uh, um, Trump stepping down, resigning, almost similar to what Nixon did in seventy in seventy four. I think he'll see them. I think he'll see this matter through, thinking that given outside forces and um, illegal um, activities that go be um, put in place by Republicans and and some of their their cohorts, I think he's gonna stay in and just see if he can if he can manage. But this is the question here. Uh, due to all his legal wars and 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 problems going on in the recent Supreme Court rulings, Trump can't pardon himself. That's true. That's true. But uh, like they just like it's just, it was a comment made today on Fox News that uh, with the uh, um, commutation of uh, Roger Stone's sentence. He pretty much um, uh, pardoned himself in the sense of the fact that Stone um, didn't testify to uh, in, the, in, the, in the Mueller investigation against um, questions being put to him and, and questions put to him before, from, uh, before Congress. That that kind of gave uh, Trump a free pass, so to speak. So as far as pardoning himself, using the word he pardoned himself, I think he got a, he got a, he got a pass. In every regards, right there. Well, it's not over, though. Right, it's not over. But let's let's go right into that because you just brought that up. Uh, commuting Roger Stone's sentence is a smack in the face for justice. So all the Republicans that's talking about their uh, law and order, we know they're no longer law and order. But w Trump knows that that was an avalanche of rocks that was going to fall on his head when he commuted Stone's sentence. So what, where do you see that going right there? Why, why was that done so quickly right now? I think, well, given the fact that given the recent Supreme Court rulings over the past couple of weeks in regards to the most recent one, in regards when um, both the Supreme Court on both of the rulings, Rule 7-2, and saying that um, Trump was, no, uh, was not above the law, I think it really bruised his ego, and he wanted to show that he still had it, even though the fact that um, it was very, very unpopular what he did. I mean, the conviction of Rob, Roger Stone stands, it stands, even though he won't have no prison sentence. And when him headed to prison on the, I think, the 14th of, of this month, the next week sometime, he wasn't really reported, it's a, it's a slap in the face in regards to um, folks out here um, thinking that the, the 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 law works for everyone and it doesn't. So so going back to the 2020 politics and uh, the political situation we in, do you see the Democrats taking over the Senate and keeping the House and getting the presidency? Well, we know the current we know the current um, uh, uh, numbers in the um, Congress will stay the same even after this election in November. I see them picking up some seats, but then. To your question, I think that I think the Senate will fall up under the uh, Democratic control, and and Mitch uh, um, Mitch um, Mitch Moscow Mitch will definitely be the um, in a minority. But I think also too, I, I feel that uh, Mitch O'Connell will not um, survive, even in regards to being being the minority. Um, leader i think he'll step down 
but his I, ego be bruised. But uh, I see James Harris or Jamie Harrison beating Mitch in Jamie right Jamie Harrison in South Carolina. He's pulling real good. So I see uh, Mitch McConnell may not last. That, that, you're correct in that, in that assessment right there. Now, I think the the, the, the lady who's running against um, – now, Jamie Harrison, to my understanding, is running against uh, Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. And the um, the young lady who's right. running against McGrath, uh, right, right, in McG Kentucky. Right, in Kentucky, McGrath. I, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I got that mixed up. Jane, uh, uh, right. Uh, the Amy McGrath is the I think is her name is the one to beat the that's affirmative Charles yes, Booker right she beat Charles Booker and and I and I don't think Mitch McConnell is going to survive his election I think he's going to be retired I don't think he's going back that's that's why I, that's why I just said I don't think he, well, if if not if when the Democrats take control of the Senate and and Mitch Mitch um. Moscow Mitch is, is regulated to delegated to uh, being minority leader. I think he'll 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 retire because it's the only way that he can avoid um, political scrutiny of what he's done, especially the fact that he's he's ushered in almost two hundred judges under, for uh, um, federal judges on his regime after after blocking Mitch uh, Ma um, uh, Garland. Right after do, uh, Mayor Garland, but now, Mayor Garland, excuse me. Now, when you look at this, and and, and I want to, I want everybody to understand for a minute and go back, plus we got the professor here laying it down for us. When Obama had his Supreme Court nominee, uh, Mitch McConnell blocked it. Okay, but you just said he he appointed over two hundred federal judges. None of them has even heard a case yet to the federal courts. Do you see Mitch McConnell in the next five months trying to push another hundred judges to fill those vacancies prior to uh, leaving uh, the election? Oh, yes. Yes. So we, I mean, um, Lindsey Graham, who's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, just pretty much was gleefully bragging about that. That's all they're doing now is just trying to push these, these uh, inadequate people uh, and these um, lifetime positions on the, on the federal uh, federal bench. And it's saying that he even so far to say that um, he's asking senior judges now to go ahead and think about retirement so then get some of the younger ju judges, ju younger individuals on the court. A lot of these, these, these people who have not tried, haven't tried a case, they have been turned down by the American Bar Association, which uh, is supposed to be the standard uh, bears in regards to if they don't prove of you, you're not qualified. So when when you so look yes, so yes to your question. So when you look at this though, because I'm gonna go back to the judges right there, Trump thought that the Supreme Court was gonna be his walking grounds, but he got a he got a rude awakening. Uh is that because uh Chief Justice looked at it and realized if he did certain rulings he would make the court ineffective? Or what do you think when he came down on the side of some of the liberals there to uh, we're going to talk about some of the rulings in a minute, but what did you think Chief Justice Roberts did? Did he did he have a reckoning about why he was there, or do you do do you believe he really understood the consequences of not ruling in the proper way? It's about legacy, uh, Sean. It's about legacy, and and and, and this is going to be forever known as the Roberts Court because he'd been the Chief Justice, and he's he's going to show that. This, this, the, the court, even though the court is predominantly to the right, a right center of, um, of 
uh, rulings right now. I think Justice Roberts wants to have a legacy that this court under this president acted correctly, even 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 though it's a conservative court in regards to the um, possible. Um, you could have a lot of six three decisions. Right now, you got line five four, but these two these two back to back seven two decisions kind of helped cement his legacy. And it's more to come, too, because sending, sending, sending Trump's um, tax issues back to the lower court and then give him a roadmap on what to do is similar to what he they did on the DACA thing. And so it's like they, they're, guiding, they're guiding both parties or individuals what to do, which you could say is kind of fair, but it's also not prudent. Well, let's let's go. Let's go right to that. Uh, the Supreme Court rulings, because uh, last week, everybody knew it was coming because it was the last day before the court goes on its break. And we knew this was going to happen and everybody was looking for retirements and everything. But we knew this was going to happen. So the first ruling on uh, the LBGQ constitutional rights. That was a shocker. Now, I'm going to say this to everybody. That was a shocker. That was a five to four decision. Everybody went down that line. Uh, Roberts went over to protect uh, gay rights. That has to send a shocking, thrilling uh, chill down the spines of all the Republicans and conservatives to put him on the court. Well, it did because, you know, it, it goes on the heels. It goes on the heels of, 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 of um, Roberts reaffirming the um, uh, uh, Obama's decision, the Obama law to um, allow gay marriage. And he was just, and uh, Roberts was uh, instrumental in that. So it wouldn't make sense to for Roberts to backtrack on that in a, in a, in a sense to say he was for that uh, gay marriage. And then this little small little piece of this uh, discrimination thing in regards to the, the uh, gay community for him to go ahead and rule that way. So I, I kind of understood it. Okay, well, let me ask you about the other ruling now because this was a split a split ruling because on the other hand, they ruled that religious institutions can discriminate against people when they hire them for like their schools, their churches, or whatever. So basically, you know, they gave, gave gay rights a, a win, but then they took it away saying that the religious people can discriminate against them. Are you talking about the ruling in regards to the LGBT community or the or other second the two ruling in regards to the, well, the suit brought by the little sisters of the poor? Well, well no, I'm talking about the, the, the first ruling was that you can, the gay, uh, can, you cannot uh, discriminate against the gay community and they have the same yeah. rights as married people and everybody else have. Okay, that was the first yeah. ruling. That was a five to four ruling. Yeah. Then, then they went the other way and said that churches and religious institutions can discriminate in hiring. Where they, what what they said was the church can hire if if I was if I was at a Catholic school, I can discriminate against a gay person and not hire them to teach my kids. I, let me push back on that just a little bit, Sean. I think I think it's kind of muddled there. We're talking about. The, uh, the uh, this is what the Affordable Care Act in regards to the uh, the uh, by them by the contraceptive, and that's where that's at. So it's, it's, you, you, I'm with you, 
on the side of fourth, but it's, I don't think it's a different matter we're talking about. Because I don't think that came up in regards to the, the church. That was in regards to the Affordable Care Act as far as contraceptives being uh, allocated or allowed under the Affordable Care Act. Okay, well, okay yeah, the Affordable... The Affordable Care Act came up also. That one was uh, where they said that the religious, that the employer didn't have to uh, pay for contraceptives. Correct, correct. And that's, where the, that's, that's the second ruling that came out in regards to the, in the as far as the, the one against gay discrimination and then that one about the, the case brought um, by, the little, by the little sisters of the poor. That case right there. But it was, it was, almost, it was, it was far-reaching. But that was the crux of the case, though. So where do you see Roberts going from here? Well, I, I see him going back to the hospital and get those stitches out. <laughs> 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 I mean, just stuff that I put that in there. Because it was interesting that he had a fall sometime back in June, and it just got reported just over the last several days, though. So. But I, uh, I feel that if the if um, if the uh, the uh, the American the American public um, and I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a Democrat um, with how you stuff if the American public gets out and vote and 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 possibly um, we can get Joe Joe Biden in as president then we can go ahead and possibly do a Supreme Court pick on the on the court for the um, for next year and I think uh, Mrs. Ruth Ginsburg. She she's determined to hold on as best she can, given her health and and in the current age. She's determined to hold on. If Biden gets in there, I'm thinking possibly it'll, it'll be it'll, it'll be two picks possibly getting uh, picked on the court and trying to balance the court back out a little bit. Okay, yep. Because uh, you go back to this right now. Uh, the Supreme Court also put out a ruling that uh, workers can't be fired for being gay or trans uh, transgender. Okay, they rejected Trump's effort to shut down Obama era uh, immigration program, which is known as DACA. DACA. Then they struck down the abortion law in Louisiana. Correct. And Chief Justice. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. I'm the sorry. Chief Justice was the swing vote, so most of those uh, rulings right there. Correct. That's interesting you would bring that to the forefront right now. Because given given the climate right now, given the climate right now, which is which, which is quite volatile, I mean quite volatile out there, he is doing this. He is he is really upset a lot of the conservative people, special folks with the Federalist Society. They are really upset with Robert, and he's more upset now with um, Neil Gorsuch and and Kavanaugh. Right, because, because Roberts was able to get them to come along with those 72 rulings. That's right. And, and that really, that's done a lot of people. And, and that's where Trump is really upset. Now, the case I was talking about earlier was uh, when the, the, the other ruling that came down was the Supreme Court shield religious schools from employment discrimination lawsuits. And then they rejected the challenge to the Trump administration rules, allowing employers with religious and more, uh, more objections to deny contraceptives to cover for their employees. Right. And if the state okay. run and the state, if the state runs uh, scholarship programs, they have to include the religious uh, schools. 
So they, they okay. took away uh, separation of church and state. But where I wanted to go to was in that ruling when they gave the LGBT rights for not being discriminated against for employment and ruled that workers couldn't fire them for being gay, they sent another wrong message when they told the churches that they was going to shield them from employment discrimination lawsuits. So that that's like a double-edged sword there, isn't it? That, uh, yes, it is. Yes, yes. And that can be that can be quite um, damaging in in a lot of ways and stuff because now you 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 got two of the most volatile subjects out there. You got religion and politics, sort of like just on the same pole, but they are on the same sword. But it's like it's a double-edged sword. Religion and politics, and you got, and that's a strange mix right now, especially with the the rise of um, Trump's um, is evangelical uh, base that he has. Okay, and then when you go to the the pair of seventy two root seventy two rulings, which paved the way for the New York prosecutor to access Trump's tax records, that was the probably the biggest ruling in the history of the Supreme Court. I concur with it since since um, the, the Supreme Court ordered Nixon to turn over the tapes back in, in 74. I do agree. It's, it, 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 it's, if it's not on that level, it's bigger. Because you can believe me that the um, the prosecutor, Cyrus Vance Jr., is going to be moving full force with with speed to get those records. They, we might not see them in the public, in the public domain. But they will have them before November. But see, I, I disagree with you because I think we are going to see them in the public domain. Because okay, I Trump is fighting so hard to stop his taxes from coming out and everybody getting those taxes. So that tells me right then that Trump has been money laundering or Trump has been inflating or deflating, uh, cheat, defrauding his taxes and cheating banks out of money. So this I. Is what I see an indictment coming down, and when that indictment comes down, his taxes will be in the public domain. I see his son getting indicted. I see his, if they don't get to Trump, I see whoever prepared those uh, documents getting indicted. Maybe Ivanka, his son-in-law. Well, one of, the, one of the two entities here that you don't hear too much about, and that's you hear you hear about it, but you don't. That's Deutsche Bank and Mazar Incorporated, the, with Mazar Accounting, and at the, at the accounting firm that that's over Trump's taxes issue, and in the whole thing, the argument that um, uh, a tough Trump attorney put that that is kind of far-reaching, to saying that third-party people can't turn over information. And there, like I said, in the case of Nixon versus United States versus Nixon, that proved to be a a, a weak case, which the Supreme Court ruled just like they ruled in Clinton had to testify in the Paul Jones matter. Now that now that Trump can he don't have absolute immunity that he got to he they, they can't come at him. It's just a matter of language. What's what, going on here? Uh, I'm sorry. Well, if you look at all nine justices, even the ones who dissented. His uh, Clarence Carter and the other one, I mean, uh, Clarence Carter, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Thomas. 
uh, Clarence Thomas and the other ones who descended from the ruling. If, Alico, if you look at that, even they dispatched and, and walked away from Trump's claim that he has absolute immunity from state criminal uh, prosecution investigations. So that ruling fell short on the president once because they just told him he is not above the law. Correct. Okay. And, and, and take it, here's a little, here's, here's a little smidgen here, Sean, and you can move on. With Chief Justice Roberts um, um, being, uh, being the head at the uh, impeachment of Trump back over the spring, he, he knew a lot what the, what the Democrats had done. He, the Democrats had proved their case, and he knew that and stuff like that. But the thing about it, he didn't take a stand as much as he should. I think Roberts should insert himself more as a force to be dealt with in, this, in the impeachment, and he could have called witnesses. He had the power to call witnesses, and he didn't do that. So he has a lot to answer for. When the, when the, when the, I, might be, I might not be here. But when the book is when the book is written and the story gets told, Roberts will have a lot to answer for because well, he could have done something. Well, let, let's go back to when we talked about this the last time uh, when you was here in Cleveland. We talked about this. Okay. When you go yeah. back, when you go back to the impeachment, what? Remember, I told everybody that everybody thought that I was was playing. Remember, I told everybody that they should go back to the courts, force Bolton to come and testify. Take all that stuff through the courts. And right now in June or I mean, in July and August, we should be having an impeachment hearing. See, that's that's where that's where the Democrats failed at, because had they took everything back to the courts, we'd have been finding out from what Bolton Bolton has in his book. I, don't, I know you probably haven't read the book yet, or have you? No, sir. I haven't. No, no, sir. OK, he has some lightning charges in there about Trump asking foreign foreign nations to interfere in our elections Definitely okay reported. but bolton also said he did it so when you look at bolton and he was one of the one persons that they needed testimony from because everybody else that wasn't in the room with trump was being told something secondhand okay but the people that was in the room with trump like bolton masters and all them they knew and and I think they should have went and fought to get them in court because Bolton was trying to put his book out and you knew the Senate wasn't going to call them. OK, that's like me uh, being a, me, me and you go out and rob a bank and then they want me to call you to testify about us robbing the bank. Now, you know, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> so 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 I think that. On the impeachment end, they took it too fast, and, and, and the Republican used that against them. Now, in the Senate, the problem was they needed five people or a minimum of three to come over. They only could get two. And the two that they got, Mitt Romney, once again, stand up on his own. But everybody else wasn't coming, and you knew that well as everybody else did. Correct. So, I thought that I thought I thought um, the uh, uh, the uh, in Alaska and um, the lady up in Maine I can't uh, can't call her name right now. Um, Susan Collins. Susan Collins. I thought she, and and my man Lamar Alexander. When Lamar Alexander made his comments right there, I knew it was a done deal. It was a done deal. You know, oh he he done wrong, but hey stuff. But let's let's go ahead and wait to the election for hey stuff. Right, it's but just it's. Go ahead. No, I'm gonna say they 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 didn't want to deal with it. 
Correct. They, they, correct. But, but you see, you see how the silence now is deafening. You know, Susan Collins is still upset today with behind um, Trump um, commuting Roger Stone's uh, sentence. But this right here, it's a lot of things. See, we starting to get normalized by what Trump has has done and can do. But Adam Schiff goes back, go back to what he said when he made his closing argument. He said, if you let this man get away with this now, no telling what he's going to do in the future. And, and we are now at, we are now at, in the middle of in the middle of July, and we got a hundred and thirty thousand plus fellow Americans are dead and died, with more to come. Well, and this one here is just untouchable and stuff like. But see, I look at this, and, I, and I'm going to say this. See that that comes from hate because they wouldn't accept Medicare or health care from a black president. But they accept 135,000 people die, and the more is going to die. Okay, more people have died in these last seven months than the whole ten years over in the Vietnam War. That's correct. That is unacceptable. And we're finding out now that this virus, and I, I told everybody, if you remember last year, uh, before all this hit, and it was to, uh, we before we got closed down in the studios, I was telling everybody. If China is saying their first case is in December or early December, well, even by the standards that the Trump administration put out, it said it took 14 days for it to for you to know. OK, before, you know, you, you can catch it and it took 14 days before anybody know that you have it. So that put it in in the, in the middle of uh, November. OK, I agree. So if it's in November. Now you have to ask yourself, was the people that were sick in October and all that that had the flu, did they have COVID-19? Uh, COVID-19. Right. I, I think given, given the, all the reports that have has come out and that we might be privy to as, as, as citizens of, of this country and information that, that will eventually be uncovered, I think a lot of people were, uh, were affected back in November of 2019. In October 2019, December 2019, and early January 2019, 2020, were affected and not know it, but but this information was available to to the, the to the intelligence community of the United States and also the White House. And they disregarded. They had symptoms and were sick. They were sick and did not know why they were sick. Right, and they disregarded it. And you look at this uh, because we're going to talk about COVID-19 uh, in a minute, but I'm going to go back here for a second before we get into this. Sure. If you look at what the response, what Trump did to COVID-19, the reason that he didn't tell everybody about it and, you know, he had the information is because he was in impeachment. And remember, what he said, right? and, and remember, right. but see, remember, he said he was working. He told everybody he couldn't worry about impeachment because he was working on other things. So if he wasn't working on COVID-19, I want to know what he was working on. It's golf swing. Oh, well, we know that because that's what he said, Obama. But let's go back to this ruling again. Okay. Let's go back to this court ruling, because this is the most important thing that everybody has to understand. And, and Professor, I want you to, to, to relate to this. The court, okay. the court ruled in a 72 ruling that it paved the way for the New York City prosecutor to access Trump's tax records and suggest that it's possible for Congress to do the same as well. But we're going to separate Congress for now, OK, because 
Okay. The reason I want to separate Congress is because we know for a fact that the DA in New York, unless he gets out of office and a Trump person get in office, he's going to get Trump's tax records. Okay. This is going okay. to this is going to happen. Okay. Now, in that tax record, they're looking for two things, and Michael Cohen testified to that in Congress, that Trump defrauded the banks, okay? And this is the question that everybody has. Can Trump, or do you see Trump getting indicted, or do you see them going just below him, getting other people in the ring? I... Um, unequivocally say that I feel that Donald Trump will be indicted once he leaves office. He will be he will be indicted. It's no it's not gonna be a thing of what when when um you go back to what um Gerald Ford said back there when he pardoned Nixon and I'll just quote what he said, he said, My fellow Americans, our long national nightmare is over. And that's that. And see, this is the problem that everybody has. Nobody can pardon Trump except the governor, and that's come on. Well, it, well, you, you got you got you got a state case, and you got a federal case. Well, and, I don't. And, and, I don't see and, the. I don't see the feds going after him. I really don't see the feds going after him. So I'm staying in. Okay. New, I'm, I'm gonna stay in New York with the DA in New York. Okay, and and I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell everybody why. Okay. In New York, the DA is going to have a a slam dunk clear case of bank fraud because Trump lived in New York and he and he filled out all the forms in New York. Okay. And with okay. and with that indictment, even if he's if he's the president, he can be indicted. Okay. That 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 the Supreme Court has already told him that he can be indicted. And he has to answer to criminal charges. Okay, he's not above the law. He's not a king, and he doesn't have immunity. So that's where I want you the rim to go right there. Everybody, I want you to look at this. The Supreme Court has already set the rim for everything. See, in, in the federal government, Trump can leave and Pence and give Pence his his ring, and Pence can pardon Trump, and Trump can never stand trial. Yes. Correct. Okay. So I don't see the feds going after him. Uh, we're going to talk about that coming back with Congress on, on, on this end, but I want everybody to look at New York. So in New York, I see a criminal indictment coming. I do see an indictment coming. Uh, the person, the first person I see getting indicted is the person who prepared the taxes for Trump. Remember uh, the bookkeeper. Everybody, yes. everybody should remember the bookkeeper. If you don't know who the bookkeeper was, Al Capone had his tax preparer, and they called him the bookkeeper. And Elliot Ness had to get the bookkeeper, okay? And that's who they went after. That's correct. Because when they get him, he's going to explain all the deals, just like Cohen did, how these deals went down, how the money was laundered over, how the money was hid, how Q9 was paying the judges, F4 was paying the police chief. See. That's where I see the first indictment coming down at, the person who prepared the taxes for him. And, and Shaw, just for our listeners out there, Al Capone's uh, bookkeeper name was Jay Guzman. Okay, that's correct, Jay Guzman. I, I was wondering, I was going to hit you with that, but see, you, you already knew I was coming. Okay, all right, okay. So, so when you look at this, 
when you look at how they do it. Now, see, the second thing I'm looking at is Trump probably did his taxes under his corporation. Because all good businessmen do that. They don't go individually. They, they keep it under the corporation, and then they mix all their stuff under the corporation. So I'm looking at who's the the CEO, who's the the, the treasurer, Ivanka, and all. See, all of them are intertwined in, in in high positions, so they're running the company. That's why I say I see indictments coming out of New York on them also. Okay, now to get to Trump, it may may be hard. Because he probably put himself at a at, at some position of a board member or something. Mm, okay. We still in, we stay in New York, though, right? We, have, we right. forget the Congress. Right. Forget Congress, because we're going to okay. talk about Congress in a minute. I'm just talking about New York. Okay. Where where where? How far do you see the indictments going up through New York? I feel it's going to be a family affair. I think it'll be a family affair. I think it'll be what you said in, in one of our shows that we did uh, a while back, um, for us uh, on the RICO Act, racketeering and um, uh, continuing criminal enterprise. Right, because because you know what, I do believe that he he's been uh, laundering money for the Russian oligarchs. That's that's something that that is going to be found in his taxes. There's so much there. Now let, let let's go. Just to to what the DA is putting his hat on to start his investigation is what Michael Cohen said about him inflating and and defrauding the banks plus paying off Stormy Daniels. So that's going to all come back and bite Trump himself because he directed that. Well, he's he's he's, a, he's this is an individual individual um individual one. Right. He 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 was done in coke conspirator indicted the uh, conspirator, right. conspirator that was unindicted in that and i think that's going to come back now let's go to the second part of this because all nine justices as i said came back and said trump is not above the law he's not a king he has to answer now congress they played a little footsie wootsie with that with congress because they said congress can get the taxes and 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 uh everything but they had to go back and redefine what their investigation it was, too, was. it was too broad it was too broad they got to be more specific on what they wanted because they feel like it was a, a political it was all about politics and not on regards to the information they needed in regards to policy which congress makes the laws and they feel that the information that they was trying to get in regards to taxes had anything to do with policy which it was because Trump has a thing like Bolton said. Trump has a tendency to mix his business, his personal business, with the business of the United States government. That's how he sees things. He sees things. He sees the, uh, the United States government as, uh, as as a Trump organization, and that's not how the government works. That's not how the founders set up the set up the set up the United States government. It's three it's, it's three components to the to the United States government, and Trump has no prior experience. Um, in, in in politics, in that regards, just paying off people, how to run the levers of government, and he can't mix the, he can't mix the executive branch with the judicial branch and the legislative branch. But is that the is that the, the court's fault for not holding up the law on, on the monuments clause? 
Well, you know, that's a big loss, a big lawsuit um, that, was, that was brought in this, that, that court. That case is still winding its way through the courts. Because even on Trump's taxes, uh, that's why I wanted to stay in New York, because I see them raising constitutional issues again to put this back before the court. But I see what the justices in them did is that due to the fact that the election is five months down, they actually kicked the can down the road because they're going to get this case again and they're going to have to really give a definitive answer to it. And it'd be a better answer when it comes back to the court because either he's going to be president or he's not going to be president. And if he's not president, well, go ahead. Let's hope for, let's hope for the latter and not the former, uh, Sean. Well, I, I, I truly believe I'm going to call this again. And, and I'm going to say to everybody, I truly believe Trump is going to depose in my opinion, are 100% correct. Last year we followed uh, Bernie Sanders and stuff. We knew what was going to happen with Bernie Sanders and all of uh, the people that was, especially in the South, no, none of the Bernie bros and, and uh, Dr. Pat Pogrowski and all the rest of them, they didn't want to listen to anybody. And we kept telling them Bernie had a black problem. Bernie has this problem. And we knew then that this was going to happen. So I'm going to tell everybody right now, I see Trump get a slacking. And I'm going to go right here with, with Congress uh, again, because Congress has three committees that want three different things. And I see if Biden becomes president, it's going to be a move point in the courts anyway, because Biden's going to tell the treasurer and the rest of the people to release those taxes and release that stuff to Congress by law. And that also that that Mueller report, that Mueller report, as much as it's been kept kept close to the vest, and a lot of stuff has has been redacted, that Mueller report under the Biden administration will become. Public. Right. That's another thing too. We got to keep in mind. So, so, so when you when you look at this, Trump and his cronies know that they are not going. They they know they're not going to be in power. They know that they are facing indictments. Do you see this playing out to where somebody might drop a bombshell before the election to try to get from under something, or do you see? Biden or or somebody coming with something to just drop it in Trump's lap. Your question is that's it's a loaded question, but I'll so I'll, I ain't gonna go out a limb. That's where the fruit is at. I'll say yes. I feel that between now and 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 the election in November, someone's going to come forth. God's going to re, God's going to reveal that He's going to force somebody's hand or touch someone's heart to come forward with some very damaging information that folks, just as much as we thought the Billy Bass tape was going to do, but when Trump made the comment um, about the, 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 um, the, uh, the, the access tape about grabbing women in a private area, I do feel that someone's going to come along and it's going to be a little more damaging than we thought that was going to be. Because I really thought when that tape came out, folks said, ain't no way in the world we're going to put this man in the White House. And, well, we know where that went. But I do feel you're, you're correct in that assessment. So just tell me about this. The Attorney General Barr, uh, what did Trump call him? His, his uh, I forget what. It's Roy Cohn. Yeah, it's Roy Cohn. So do you see Barr getting indicted? Well, here's a little tidbit for those out there that don't know, for our audience. Um, 
in two weeks ago, documents were filed to impeach William Barr. So you haven't heard anything about it. You heard it first from the professor here. So uh, impeachment article, articles of impeachment have been have been written up, and it'll be submitted soon against William, the Attorney General William Barr. So you heard it first on SCMK Radio. Stop the man is 100. <laughs> there you go. Because let me let me let me go with you on, on let me go with you on this one. Because when Biden gets in office, they're going to have to do a thorough review uh, with the watchdogs and and uh, and uh, the people that he fired. The the uh, what's the that? Right. All them has oh, to yeah. have to come back in, and it's going to have to be a total review to see what the hell went on under the Trump administration. And especially the Justice Department. Well, we know what's going on in the Justice Department because uh, Barb put it there when it, when he forced the New York District, uh, Southern District of New York, uh, head out. And the Eastern District, yeah. He just, they try to reach. They want to. They don't, it's not a. It's not a relitigation of the 2016 election. And as you know, those boys at Fox News want to go ahead and talk about that. We're not reliving 2016, but 2016 is very much evident. In 2020, it's very much evident, and they they don't want to they don't want to relitigate it. They want to they want to overturn it in a way to show that so Trump can get out of this mindset that he's an illegitimate president, which uh, which um, the late brother Elijah Cummings stated, and also the great John Lewis has stated on occasions that this man is an illegitimate president. Well, so this the thing where they want to they want to change the findings of everything. That's why you see. Look, look for Manafort to be next. Look for um, uh, 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 Papadopoulos to be next. Look for possibly Michael Flynn. But what, what this surprised him was the judge in the, in the, in the Flynn case has asked, has asked the whole appeals court to look at the whole case. They didn't expect that. They thought, they, they thought Judge Sullivan was going to go quietly. Right, and they should look at that because the, the, the process was going on right here with the attorney general it is not normal for the attorney general to come back and try to overturn convictions and, 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 and sentences. Agreed. Agreed. So Agreed. when you look at bar, you, you, you said the article of impeachment is going to be written up and they're going to come in for bar. Do, do you think that this, well, that this will be a good one for to put on the Senate? Because when you look at the fight for the Senate right now, the Senate is already under the gun. Do you think that the Senate will will do the right thing, or will they try to hold on with the election right on the heels? I think the Senate don't. I think the Senate, which we you know we know is in Republican control, don't have the don't have the the, the the guts to stand up for this right here. Now, whether they push forward the articles of impeachment against William Barr and it gets to the Senate, if if he don't, you know, he thought he's supposed to come testify before Congress on July twenty eighth. So a lot of what comes out of his testimony on the 20th of July is going to hinder on how the Senate moves uh, on these articles of impeachment that Congress, is, Congress the Democratic-controlled Congress, has put forth two weeks ago. And that news should be breaking any, any day now. And you, and you heard it from the professor right there. Now, since you're in Atlanta, Professor, uh, we're going to leave a little bit from politics, and I want to go right there and just it down. Uh COVID-19, the city of Atlanta, uh, due to the governor and the mayor's fighting, uh, you going back to phase one shutdown. What's going on with that? Well, um, the, the last 72 hours, I say since Friday, 
uh, there has been a real big rift. It's always, it's always a widening rift. It's been a big rift between Governor Kemp and uh, and, and Mayor Mayor Bottoms. Um, some nasty letters have come from the governor's office, and and, and the, the mayors of uh, various cities have now started to follow lockstep behind one another, followed with Savannah, Doraville, East Point, uh, Atlanta, and other cities are now are putting there is it is going and putting making it mandatory to wear a mask in public and then what the governor says because those Republican controlled uh, states by governors Florida, Arizona and Texas uh, are the numbers have spiked way past New York back in March and April so it, it, it stands to reason that the, the mayors of their local uh, facility local uh, townships are taking control of uh, of their of their, of their of their powers as they have, and, and damn the governor, it's full speed ahead. So it's a big it's a big problem that right now because a lot, people going back to state to stage phase one, some of these businesses have still been shuttered since the COVID came down around back in March, and there was recently starting to open up, and now with this, the, the the rise in these um, cases in Georgia, has now forced the mayor to go back to phase one and some of these businesses have got to close and they might not be opening up again at all. I mean, this has really been something to watch and to see it firsthand. It reminds me of how things hit in 1968, but we didn't have a disease of this magnitude, this, this uh, pandemic in 1968. We had racial pandemic, but not like the race, the racial unrest we have now. And, and, and the, uh, the disease of 19 uh, of 2020. Well, when you look at the state of Georgia is quickly approaching 3,000 corona deaths and with more than 111,000 people, yeah, 1,100,000 yeah, people infected have been reported since the uh, pandemic began. So then when uh, some Atlanta restaurants closed and the dining room closed and the, and, and the mayor ordered everything, is is it that the the Republican governor is not taking this serious enough, or where the mayor has to just uh, go out and uh, put her own rules down? That's correct, sir. You hit it right on. You hit it right on the head. There, the, 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 it's it's too much. It's too much politics in regards to disease. Governor Kemp was following Donald Trump's lead. He was he was aiming. Hopefully, when when there was talk about North Carolina, not. Um, giving Trump what he wanted for the RNC, um, Kemp was starting to lobby uh, internally by going forward, being one of the first states to go back up, to trying to get the, the RNC to come here. Now you got a situation where they don't even want, they don't want the Jackson, Jacksonville, Florida, they got, a, they got a lawsuit down there. They don't want the RNC to come down there. So they're playing politics with people's lives. And then also, too, the American public, has got to take this thing seriously. Because then there was early reports that it wouldn't affect black people. Just like it said, it won't affect children. And that's a new argument now about children going back to school. But this thing is serious. It is very serious. And folks had to start realizing, I think it came more serious to Mayor Bottoms when she was recently diagnosed with it and her husband and her child. And uh, it, it, it took a more personal um, uh fight for her and stuff like that. So she's, you know, ain't what the governor say. 
I think that uh, I think we as citizens of the of the, of the city and of the state and of this country need to take this thing serious. And me personally, I call for a lockdown. I'm not worried about no mojitos. I'm not worried about no rum and coke, no chicken wings, no cheese, pizza, and no no filet mignon steak. I think we need to shut down like they did in some of those other countries that did that over in Europe and even China and South Korea. They did this with hay stuff. But we got such an affinity for our personal uh, uh, freedoms in this country that we won't accept that. And these fights and stuff that's going on and stuff, they're not helpful at all. Well, you look. People are, people are dying out here, Sean. Right. You look at the last reporting uh, for cases in, in Georgia and Atlanta and Savannah is a big part of this. 44,484 new cases was just reported on Friday alone. So that means it's out. It's really out of control. It's, it's whacking it's out up. Out of control. So, so with these cases going on and, and you got the COVID-19 problem there, I'm going to ask you about a black man who's in the pulpit of Martin Luther King's church, Raphael Warnock. Warnock. Running for the Senate, do where where you see him going at, and how how is he faring down there? I feel Warnock. getting he's getting a, he's getting a good hard second look because Kelly Kelly Lefter is a joke. She is a real live joke, and even though the Justice Department said they want to go, they were no longer investigating her along with well Bird well Bird is still being investigated, but they kind of like. Took off the back burner, along with and uh, Feinstein, the other, the other um, senator. But I think Warnock can beat Leffler, and I feel that John Osloff can get David Perdue. I'll tell you something, man. It, it, I know with the, with, the, with, the, with the thing about voting, the, the lines along, the argument about mail-in voting, absentee voting. But I really feel that there's been some there's been some uh, scenes across the country. That folks really, really, really realize if they don't get out and go, and even if their health is an issue, I really feel that folks can get out there and vote, whether it be uh, mail-in voting, absentee voting, or going and stand that line for hours on end. Folks can get out there because that's the only way it's going to change. But the thing about it, until we get economic health, we got to get our physical health together, and that's why hard, tough decisions got to be made to shut this country down and shut it down now because if this thing gets any more where it's at, you know, you can you you know, we wasn't around in nineteen eighteen for the, the Spanish flu. No one around. All we got is we got all we got is records. But the fact that we are living in this time right now and we seeing this with A stuff. And it's gonna come a time that every everybody in the United States is gonna have someone or they're gonna know someone who's been affected by COVID nineteen. And that's going to be the part, and the reality is going to hit us. I think I read something where you stated, where they said down in Houston, said, if you, got, you think this thing is real, you come to this hospital. I think it was down in Houston. Come to this hospital and see this for yourself. So let me ask you this. If you don't like the mask, you're not going to like a, you're not going to like a ventilator. So, so let me ask you this, because I want, I want to talk about some things uh, that's really going on in Atlanta and it's really jumping uh, breaking news. Sure. The, the breaking news this morning is rapper Little Mario named uh, Rudolph Johnson, was fatally shot on uh, I-285 in Atlanta early this morning. Uh, you know anything about that? No, I, I just caught the news because I was preparing for the show. 
and I just caught I caught the news and I was getting my notes together. So I I'll have more on it right so we can talk about it more. Yeah, we. No, but they get they have the GBI's investigating. Right. Uh, they said that he was uh he was killed. So uh. His, his, his seem because death been confirmed right now. We don't know too much about it. The professor was on something, so we go back. So let, let's go right into this, into the uh, the riot situation. Uh, you, you know, you've seen what happened in Minneapolis uh, and, and, and the situation, the racial situation we're in. But Atlanta became the epicenter of uh, the shooting at the Wendy's and then the armed people going down there. Uh, what's going on with the, the protesters armed and stopping people's cars and intersections? I think the, I think the, uh, the actions, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm a brother who came from the riots in, in 67, 66, and 68 in Cleveland. But I think the people here are somewhat misguided in regards to leadership. I think when you got a bunch of hooligans trying to do something that professional folks are doing, there seems to be a muddled message. And, and, and that, that led to the recent spate of shootings that we had last weekend that caused the death of young people, especially our young children, being that one particular young lady that's caused a lot of uh, fear. The eight-year-old girl who was shot in the car when her people were, family members were going to the local package store. I feel that, that they, try, they try to set up and they didn't have no, the right leadership. In that sense, right there. That's why they tore down the encampment they had down there. But it, it, you're doing you're doing things, but you you you're not doing it for the right reasons, and that causes a blowback. So you kind of lose your political um, support in the, in the city hall and, and other places around the country because organizations like Fox News, they if you watch them, they are seizing on these stories and they put it out there. And they and so they kind of like if they did they they like they they muddying the message. I have never been so proud to see so many people in so many states and small cities in this country out walking dating. Some people thought it was gonna last two weeks, three weeks, all the summer get hot. These individuals are still out there, and the diversity is so heartwarming and heartfelt. It reminds me of after President Trump got it, uh, got uh, inaugurated back in January of 2017, and you saw that worldwide march. That's reminiscent of what's right now, and that's what's happening now. I think the people don't have the right, not leaders. I think we all can be leaders, but I think they got the wrong organizational mindset about doing some of The barricade is okay. I thought what they did in Seattle was okay, but then the deaths came about. A couple, uh, not a couple of incidents happen, and I think you lose the, you lose the support of the masses when you do stuff like that. But so, overall, go ahead. Uh, but overall, I think what they're doing is great. And we, we saw the, we saw how the sixties were, uh, you and I and others out there. But I never seen anything of this scale, of this magnitude, and this prolonged. And in fact, it is it's wide ranging, and it's all over the country. You cannot dismiss that because you have you have all types of people involved here, and yes, black lives do matter more than more than you think they do. So, do you see the officers? Let me ask you this question because everybody's talking about this. So, I want to go back to the mayor and them violating uh, due process. You, you used to be in the union, and, and you know about the unions. Uh, 
some people say that these officers will be back on the city payroll before they even get convicted because of the mayor's violating their due process. That's been a consensus of conversation down here because the Republicans are truly now, they mounted a campaign to get rid of the uh, Paul Howard, the district attorney down here, because he's, he's involved in a situation where some money was uh, mis- misspent or misplaced doing some kind of, uh, not drug deal, but money was misspent through City Hall on the uh, Casino Reeves administration that got funneled through Paul Howard. So he has his own picadillos to worry about right now. But the Republicans are using him as a lightning rod. There's a possibility that these guys can't come back on the force, the Roth and the other gentlemen. But I don't, I don't see it happening. I think that they, I think that they have a good case against these guys. I think Paul Howard should have waited for the GBI investigation to conclude, but it wasn't necessary because the law in the law in Fulton County that the district attorney has their power to go ahead and and file charges against these guys. I don't know why he could not indict them, and that's where we got to go ahead and get control of the state legislature and start changing some things. And some things got to be changed around and make it fair to everybody involved. So when you look you at know, wait a minute, before you say that, because uh, uh, I want to go into this with Rayshon Brooks, his killing, it, it it wasn't like George Floyd, but uh, when you look at what's going on with those officers and. There's two different rulings by the DA. One is when the the six police officers tased the college kids in the car, uh, the DA went and said that that taser was deadly force that they used on them and charged them with felonies uh, for serious physical harm and stuff. Now, when when Rayshon Brooks uh, used the taser on the police officers and them, they, they, they're going back and saying now it's not a deadly weapon, it's a non-lethal weapon. So don't you see those two different rulings on those two different cases coming back to haunt the uh, district attorney? Yes, I do, but it, it coming in, it's coming in total conflict because they're going by what state the state law is. Not so much as, what, not so much as the comments that were made by, by, the, uh, by Paul Howard, it's what the law is here in, in the state of Georgia. That's going to be the case. That's going to come out, and that's why this is definitely going to hinge on a jury trial, in that sense, right there. But I, I understand your I understand your point of concern in that regard. Your question. So, so at, let's let's go to the jury pool down there. Uh, will in Atlanta, which is a black city, will they face a black jury, or will it be a mixed jury, or will it be an all white jury? Well, he's he's got um, these these two attorneys that are representing us. I think Don Samuel is representing a young man who was just. Uh, was not was not he was charged with um, violation of his um, uh, police conduct. He was the one that was not charged with the shooting. He has a great attorney in Don Samuel. I'm not familiar with this other attorney, but the fact is they're going to got to get both these trials moved outside of Fulton County, which is going to create a real stink down here. Just as much as I think that people have, uh, and I say this privately, and that's what I'm saying it on, your, on the show today. I think Paul Howard moved in four days' time to in- investigate this case. It's a good case, and to to uh, find these guys, um, charge these guys, because it had, had had he not charged these guys, no telling where we'd be at here in Atlanta. So it, 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 it's like a, it's like mob rule, but the fact is you gotta appease the mob. So and it, in fact, in this case, right, it was, a, it was the best thing to do. Even though he's in the he's in the midst of a bitter. Uh, 
campaign runoff against um his opponent down here, a sister, and she's been uh, she's been under the gun because she's in the pockets of the uh, of the of the police unions down here. And I don't want to go too far in there in that. So let me ask you this question: They're going to they go try to move they going to try to move the trials out of out of Fulton County, and okay. that's where they go. That's going to create a problem. Okay, and then the other big case down in uh, Georgia, you got with the what was it the when the guys killed Aubrey? The, Aubrey Brown? Yeah, yeah. Well, new new developments are coming to court coming this week on the on, on that case right there. So you this week, I think Monday or Tuesday, you'll see some new information come out about the Aubrey Aubrey's killing down there in, uh, in Brunswick, Georgia, because they're now they're wrestling with the um, the citizens. Um, complaint they're saying that citizens can arrest people so they try to wrestle with that and try to water it down in a way that it doesn't affect homeowners or business owners but as far as everyday citizens like these guys claim they're not going to be there to arrest anybody like just anything like that. this as much as they're going to tackle the stand your ground law they're going to tackle that it's a it's, it's a law that got to be changed and they got to be they got to be substantial and they got to be meaningful but you know we can't we can't like the young lady said on uh, MSNBC the other day. We just can't just give us lip service. We can't just just give us uh, um, tokens. Things have got to change, and they got to change as much as Monday changed from Tuesday. Sunday go to Monday, and Tuesday change to Wednesday. I mean, it's, it, things have got to change here. So when you look at this, uh, professor, and, and I'm going to come down to this right here. When you look at the Georgia law citizen arrest law it clearly states in that statute that you have to know that they committed a crime so so we're in in, in this charging these three individuals assume that he committed a crime so the, is, is how can they go up under that law or how can they apply that law they can't apply the law but it goes back to an earlier conversation or some statements that were made early on before that third guy came in who recorded the video saying that these guys, this former police officer's son, had got a phone call from the owner of the property who stated that if you see anything going on around there, give me a call. But that wasn't not the, that was not the case, but they trying to use that. So a lot of things, that's why when the GBI got involved, a lot of this stuff started coming out right away and stuff. But a lot of statements were made early on. These things are going to come back up and come out during trial. So you're right in that point right there, but the fact is, it was comments were made that, uh, you know, nothing was nothing was stolen. They had videos of other people's business, this property. It ain't no more than me and some other people back in the day uh, go by and see a place being built and look at it, might walk through it. They showed where people come in and find out that there's a water hose in the back of this place where folks are going by there and getting water. I mean, white and black, and nothing was happening. Nothing, nothing happened. Hey, hold on. You know that that's a bogus statement, but yet it it it, it had legs, and, and it's and it's and it's moving. Yes, it is. We got to go pay some bills, and then we're gonna be right back. You're listening to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100 on STMK Radio 100. 100. 100. Computer and smart device. Progress never stops, and neither do you. Progressive 
Sirius XM Progress. Swinging the rod in Duluth free swinging flannel. Duluth trading free swinging flannel. Let freedom swing. Only at DuluthTrading.com. Let's make this fast. You're used to accepting credit cards like this. But Square's new reader keeps you safer if you take cards like this or like this. Square lets you accept every credit card for the same low rate. That's every dip and every tap with no surprise fees. Deposits come fast, like as soon as the next business day fast. And with easy-to-read sales reports, you can grow your business fast. Accept every card, every payment, everywhere. And get paid fast. Get started at Square.com. Knowing where you stand has never been easier, except when it comes to retirement. At Fidelity, you get a retirement score in just 60 seconds. And we'll help you make decisions for your plan to keep you on track. It's your retirement. Know where you stand. At the Table with Reverend Bill Miller on STMK Radio 100. Check out Reverend Bill Miller's Bible Study Radio broadcast live on the new STMK Radio 100 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Please listen in and support him as he joins the realm of broadcasting to encourage believers and offer the comfort of God to others across the airwaves. At the Table with Reverend Bill Miller on STMK Radio 100. Also feel free to contact him for prayer, counseling, and conversation at brobill9608 at yahoo.com. That's B-R-O-B-I-L-L 9608 at yahoo.com. At the Table with Reverend Bill Miller on STMK Radio 100. You've been tuned in to Stop the Madness, keeping it 100 on STMK Radio 100. And now back to your host one more time, Sean L. Let and Tone the Stone. Everybody uh, that's joining us right now, we're, we're talking to the professor out of Atlanta, Prince. And he's going over a lot of stuff with us. We've been really rapping for the last hour real deep. And before we wrap this up, I want, I want to ask you the question right here. Uh, with Atlanta going in, into all this situation, Stacey Abram, uh, she found 55,000 unregistered voters and she got them registered. Do you see Stacey Abram and her new uh, organization turning Georgia blue? I, I I do. I don't think it. I think it. I don't know if it'll be blue. This particular. I hope we. I hope we go blue in regards to the, the election in, in Georgia. But I feel that the, the color, the color um, geographics of Georgia will be changing. If not, if not next year, in the years to come, and, and maybe the next two years. By the time I get a couple more years, I mean, what kind of stuff. I do feel like Stacey Abrams and her, her fair fight project has um, has taken on taken on a lot of um, weight. And has gained traction, especially with her being thrust in the, in the national prominence conversation by the possible pick for VP um, has, has has really heightened the awareness of her project. But I think Mrs. Abrams kind of hurt herself in regards that she didn't put up a hell of a fight when she lost the election against Kemp. 
in the recent guy brought Kemp to power, and Kemp was a referee in his own fight, being, being him Secretary of State. But I feel that folks understood what was going on and everything. So I think she's, uh, I think she's, she's doing, a, she's doing a good job in regards to a fair fight project. But I think you had a, I think if you, if I think you're going a certain way, I know we're wrapping up. You had um, who would be Joe Biden's VP pick? Go ahead. I feel that uh, I, I feel that he's going to go with. Um, he's going to be a woman, but I feel he's going to go with Gretchen Whitmer up in Michigan. Okay, so so right there. So you think he he's going to pick the governor? Yes. So let me ask this question right here because this is something that everybody really we talked about this a lot. Uh, when you was here in Cleveland with us in Studio 51, we talked about 1968 versus 2020. 2020. Okay, well, 2020 now because we're here now, but before it was like 2017, 2018, something like that. Now, you look at this, the parallels to this is so similar. Uh, cities across America is burning. And then you had a president who ran on law and order, and we had the same thing now. And now you have white kids out in the street, just like we did in the 70s with Kent State and all this. So tell me, because you was in 1968, tell me your parallel views of what you see going on right now. Well, I, I, I shared this with you before, and I'll go back over again. I have my notes here. I see... And I can, I can read this better as opposed to talking. I know we're on a time constraint. So I'll make this quick. It's real short. No, take um, your time. Take your, take, wait a minute. Take your time and go ahead and do what you got to do. Okay, sir. Okay. I'll, I'll read this to you with hey stuff. And I'll share this on our previous show. Um, here we go. As we have seen in the last week, such heartfelt contrition will never come from Trump. His sole impulse in the wake of the bomb sent to more than a dozen media and political figures he has repeatedly reviled was to mouth some stripped words about unity and then get back to pouring gasoline on fire, he said in the first place. While Nixon, we're going back to we going by that time, while Nixon may have wanted to delegitimize the media as fake news, the effort could not succeed for both commercial and technological reasons. Admittedly, the battle who good old days of American journalism circa 1968, had plenty of downside. The typical newsroom was monocratically white, male, and straight, and self-satisfied in its own narrowness. Yet the more constrained media market also meant that there was a basic, agreed-upon set of facts in American public disclosure. With just three network evening newscasts, with massively popular general interest magazines like Life, and a Saturday review with a newspaper of record like New York Times that influenced the entire print industry right down to local papers like the Daily Home News, the Cleaning Press, the Atlanta Constitution, the essential saga of Vietnam, a race of the presidential campaign upcoming was not susceptible to presidential fabrication. Time magazine might lean slightly right of center. Its competitor Newsweek positioned itself faintly to the left ABC seems somewhat conservative in its national newscast as CBS inclined toward liberalism. But the, a basic set of public truths 
while subject to varying ideological interpretations, cannot be plausibly denied by any responsible person. For that matter, Nixon and his Democratic opponent at that time was Hubert Humphrey. Both espoused policies that largely subscribe to the post-Second World War consensus of a New Deal-style welfare state at home, containment of communism abroad. Nothing in 1968, despite all its traumas, bears a likeness to Donald Trump. His administration, its high-profile enablers, with their rampant and shameless mendacity, myriad of bigotries, explicit incitement to violence against journalists, racial minorities, and political foes, technological advances, and market forces have allowed these toxins to spill profitably into the right-wing pseudo-journalism and the sewers of social media, i.e. Fox and my man um, Carlton. It is commonplace, but nothing but utterly wrong to think the fall of 2020 poisonous climate falls equally on Democrat and Republican, social justice progressive and Trumpian conservative, as studies have shown, one side of the divide still gets its information larger from a trustworthy, curated, fact-based sources. The other hears only the echo chamber of extremism and inspires its most unhedged acolytes to bomb and shoot accordingly. The tremors of America in 1968, destabilizing as they were, rumble from below. The full-scale earthquake of 2020 has been activated from above, from its highest office in the land. Hey, everybody, that was the professor out of the ATL, Prince himself. Prince, you know, we, we appreciate you being with us today, man. And, you know, uh, we know you're going to be gone out for about three or four weeks. Get yourself together and uh, stay safe from this COVID-19. And then we're going to start season five up. And you know you're going to be with Tony Stone and us in the studio. So uh, really appreciate everything. Ready. Hey, hey, I really, you, I really appreciate it, my brother. And thank you and everybody that's Prince out of the ATL. And if you get any hookup on uh, – the rapper Little Mario, uh, give us, let us know, and uh, tell us what's going on with that. Sean, and Sean, it's just seven seconds here. I think you had a question for me when we was just talk, talking. You was asking me about Black Lives Matter as being a political force, and I think they are just composites of several organizations over the years, and that's the Black Panthers, um, uh, SNCC, uh, the Student Nonviolent Coordinated Committee, CORE, the, the Congress of Racial Equality. SCLC, Black Nationals, and the Black Muslims. I think they're composites of all of them, and other off, um, groups that are out there, they are coming to the forefront now. But I feel that Black Lives Matter is really something. I know it started up after the death of Trayvon Martin and has come into more prominence with, with the death of Michael Brown. And I, I said, keep the peace, everybody, and just keep moving forward. All right, that's my man. See you later, and thank you for being with us. Everybody, that was Prince out of the ATL. We, we appreciate the professor being with us.
You're listening to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100 on STMK Radio 100. 100. 100. 100. 100. 100. Hey, Tone the Stone, the Cleveland Diamond Boy. You know, Tone the Professor really hit some points right there. Tell me, where do you see the summer 2020 ending up at? I see it ending up pretty much where it's at already right now, and that's just a state of confusion for people all around the country, all around the world for that matter. Um, everybody's just confused about what's going on in the world um, with the COVID-19 pandemic and you know the presidential election coming up and the race relations in this country and the police, the, 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 top, the topic of police reform. It's just... A confusion all across the board and, and division, you know, between the people in our country, especially. Um, so that's where it's at right now, as far as I'm concerned, and that's where it's going to be in the summer of 2020 and for pretty much the remainder of the year. So do do you see the election changing anything? Nope, not really. I've always been a uh, I don't want to say a skeptic or a, a pessimist when it comes to politics. Politics. But I feel like it's, it's no matter who's in office, Democrat, Republican, uh, it's, it's always the same conversation. It's always the same cycle of, you know, people on both sides of any given issue just, you know, bickering back and forth. And I don't know that any, you know, of course, policies get implemented and, and, and there are some reforms that occur from time to time. But for the most part, things remain the same and they go in cycle. So, you know... Well, it's like like the civil rights reform, like the civil rights movement of the '60s. I feel like we're still having a lot of those same conversations, that, and and even more so now after after the last few months of um, the developments that have happened. You know, with race relations and you know looking at the police policing in the country. Well, you look at that. The icon John Lewis uh, passed last night. And uh, we have that vacuum of leadership. So uh, I see the 60s, the 70s. We've been in the same position for so long. And and that that leadership vacuum with all the icons leaving us, uh, nobody stepping up. Mm-hmm. Where 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 are we going right now? So let's let's go with 2020 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden will bring a change, but do you think he'll bring a change by uh, nominating a, a female VP? Um, well, uh, yeah. When you talk about change, that's like the that's like the immediate thing you do to like to, to show that he's willing to make a change. You know, like I said, like it, it seems like these things are just cyclical and it just keeps going in a circle, no matter who's in office or no, you know, you know. You will, uh, no matter how long we go, 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Um, so, yeah, as far as Biden is concerned, yeah, if he, if when he gets an office, because I want to say that, you know, I'm pretty, I, I will, I think he would be a much better fit for the office of presidency than Trump. So I'm going to say when he gets an office, you know, if he wants to really show that he's, he's meaning to make any sort of um, meaningful change, you know, that could be the first step he could take you know, to show that he's willing to, to, to put the effort forward to like to really start making some differences in our country. Because, you know, we have never our forefathers never foreseen a president like Trump. I mean, they knew there was going to be a president <laughs> like Trump, but they never seen people give up their power like they're doing for Trump. Uh, and, and, and it's more like 
they're they're they under the Republican Party is destined to destroy itself because right now I see this blue wave coming and I don't see a way for them to come back into into the mainstream for years after this happens. Yeah, I mean I, I, I wouldn't, you know, so I, I want to say first that, you know, I've been I've been kind of getting the sense that a lot of Republicans are starting to turn away from Trump. Like, you, you know, and I don't know if because they sense that, you know, his his, his leadership his term as president to an end. And that's why, you know, they're, they're shipped or they're just seeing they're seeing light finally after all these years, you know, that he was just not good for that for that position. Like he wasn't fit to be the president of his nation because, you know, he's so divisive and, and goofy, you know, but, um, as far as them being in the mainstream, I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, you guys, they, they've got a solid base that's going to always be around. They've got a lot of, um, you know, su support and they've got a lot of, um, you know, they still got a lot of people out there who are, who are, are on their side, you know, to, to say, so maybe not in the mainstream, but they're still going to be a p political force, you know, no, no doubt, um, you know, for the for the foreseeable future. Because the icon John Lewis told us, if you uh, go back to his last interview, we're in a situation right now because of hate. The hate for the first black president took us mm. to Trump, took to the white supremacists who were under a rock. Now they're in power. And it's almost like the Hitler regime where if you go back in history, when Hitler came up and uh, came into Germany after World War One, his goal was to rebuild Germany and be, become back that dominant party. And you see he took it to total destruction. Mm -hmm. And and when you look at where we at right now, I mean, after 1967, 68, 1972, we right back into that thing. But, but I wanted to talk about was, did you read the letter that Steve Loomis wrote uh, about the Black Shield president? <laughs> yeah, I read that. Okay. You know, that's been a big talk here in the city of Cleveland. And, yeah. and and it's been a big talk over the airways. And because Loomis is a racist, okay, I'm going to say this. He's not the best messenger for the message that he was trying to put out. But actually, he wasn't trying to put out a message. Actually, what he was doing was calling spades on uh, vents for speaking with forked tongue, okay, enjoying the same right. enjoying the same benefits as as his counterparts, but then going to come back and try to put his counterparts down. So uh, Black Lives Matters and everybody has came on, on that issue, and, and they, they agree with Steve Loomis, and, and they, they, they're really on that thing. So tell me what you actually what you see with that letter that everybody's putting out with Steve and Marvin Cross and, and what Vince's and all them is talking about. So when I read the letter, so first of all, you know, those are your, your guys, your people, you know, all of them personally, you know, you know, you know, I'm not, I don't know anybody well enough to call them a racist. And, you know, I don't, you know, I read the letter just because it was put out and, you know, I'm always looking for information. The letter came to me, came across to me as like, you know, it was really um, intelligent, intelligently written. And he made some good points that seemed like he could validate, he could back up. Uh, and it seemed like he did. He was putting um, um, Vincent's his name. He was putting him in a tight spot. Like you know, like you know, you're, you're speaking up. You're speaking up. You know, now in this moment when all of these when all of these developments are happening, but you have kind of um, you can't play both sides of the field. Is what I is what I, is what what I read it as. 
and you know, and and he's in a position where he knows, you know, like you said, you, you call it sp- speaking with a forked tongue. You know, he knows, like you know, you can't you can't play both sides, you know. So, um, but you know, that's not really my, um, you know, that's you know, I'm not really that's not my internal network, so I don't really know, you know, what's what, well, who's, what kind of personal dealing is going on. Right, well, it's uh, personal. But, but it did come across to me like that, like, you know, like, you know, like, he, he, he seemed to make some valid points that he seemed like he could back up, like, it was um, substantial. He had, he, you know, everybody knows his public record or official record or whatever I'm going to call it. So, um... It, 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 it's, it's not, to me, it's not personal to me because what, what, it, what, what Steve did unknowingly he showed everybody exactly what what's going on and how it's happening in the system because the city of Cleveland is ran by black folks. Okay, mm-hmm. so if black folks are giving police officers eight hours paid leave for violating black people's constitutional rights and Fourth Amendment mm-hmm. rights, we have a problem. Okay, and, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that's where everybody needs to look at this as not that Steve's a racist, but Steve has put the information out. Hey, you got a black chief, you got a black mayor, you got a black council, and they're giving police officers who violate people's Fourth Amendment rights and shoot unarmed black males eight hours off. But you're mm-hmm. not calling them out. And I understand that, and, and, and I agree that's a problem. That's why everybody's saying that everybody needs to be held to the same standard and there needs to be a change. Mm-hmm. But when you look at this uh, tone of stone, and, and you know we on our way out on season four and we're going into season five you know when we start you and paulette started this we're on 105th in the building down there right mm-hmm. you know had uh paulette been here man no telling because i'm finding out that paulette has been here man we there's no stopping us because i'm finding out right now that we are cleveland's number one podcast station and Cleveland number one show, and all the people that we thought was out there running up and doing stuff, finding out that the grass ain't that green over there because uh, they're paying other people to be on platforms and to put their shows and stuff out. And and I just I just was thinking about Paulette and the way she set things up and where we're at right now and how just the little things we're doing – Everybody thinks that we're we're really blowing up and, and we out there, but we have already came to the top. And, you know, you, J-Mac, and B. Christine, we got to get y'all back into the studio after oh, all yeah. this is over with because, you know, I'll miss that. But we're going we gonna to figure something out there. So, Tone, tell me for 2020, and I keep going this to 2020, the summer, what are you doing to uh, keep yourself occupied? Oh man, I'm 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 working every day. First of all, you know, so I just keep myself occupied with professional um, um, energy. But I'm also trying to like you know when I'm off work, you know, my my initial thing is to like do more work, like you know, like more entrepreneurial stuff, business and stuff like that for myself. But it gets it's been getting kind of um, pressing lately because you know with with you know being quarantine for lack of a better word like staying in the house for the most part you know sometimes you just feel cooped up and you just you know you want to take a break so i'm you know really looking in the start you know I'm, i ain't gonna say i let myself go but i want to start getting back into shape physically uh, so i want to you know start working back out uh and like really i'm just trying to stay you know stay grounded and, and stay focused you know like when everything clears up with all of this 
crazy year of 2020 is over and then things start returning back to, you know, what we were accustomed to, you know, before what, February, March, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, still, you know, going on, go, moving in the right direction, you know, um, with my personal growth and development and, 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 and everything. So, yeah, because everybody said we should call it 2020 MD 2020 because it has been, <laughs> it's been it, it has been mad. But you know, Tone, uh, I'm I'm on everybody to understand that uh, we're in episode right now of uh, 2196 shows put forth over the last That's five, a lot of shows over the last five years, and we had a lot of people with us, and I'm gonna go into that. But you know, I want you to talk to our audience and, and tell them how you appreciate them and what's going on with them before we end season four and go out uh for the summer yes i want everybody to know that i definitely uh love and appreciate the support and the following that stop the madness has gained over the years like it's crazy like sometimes i look i look i check the social media and i look at all like it's, it seems like it's always somebody new always somebody different um commenting on posts or chatting you know um like carrying on the discussions about whatever um you know happening occurrence that, that we might post um like the the following the support that has you know got behind us in the in over the few years is amazing like i, I didn't i don't know that i expected it to you know to be so 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 um popular or, or so widely known you know around definitely around the nation not even just in the in the cleveland ohio area um so I, you know i want to let everybody know that you know we're grateful and you know i'm i'm amazed and thank you all for the support you've been showing over the years and please stick with us because we're not done yet um we, we we still going strong and we're gonna be going strong for a long time to come Okay, Tony Stone, everybody. I was Tony Stone, the Diamond Boy. Tony, we're going to get back together with you and everything, and uh, we're going to try to get back into the studio and, and set it out. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Hey, thank you for being with us, my brother. Anytime. Anytime, Sean. Good talking to you. Everybody take care out there. Stay safe and uh, and, and, and stay um, optimistic about the, the future to come. Hey, that was Tony Stone right there, the Cleveland Diamond Boy. I'm going to say this to everybody because, you know, for me, getting into this business, it was set up by someone else, and it's been really special. We're going into season five. This is the last show of season four. 2,196 shows have been put out over the last five years, and, you know, we've really been going. You can catch us. Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. on Ustream TV. You also can catch us from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Wednesday through Saturdays on Ustream TV. You can catch us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Anchor FM, MixCloud. We all over the place. And I'd just like to thank everybody that's been following us, that's been staying with us, that has uh, shown so much love but I, I want to leave everybody with this before we go into our summer break and I want everybody to understand this 2020 is a pivotal year for everybody in the nation we have civil rights leaders dying while we're fighting for civil rights like we never fought before 
we have people in power that should never have been able to come back into power. But it goes all the way back to the Bacon Rebellion where white supremacists, this country was built on. And we must understand this. They took the country from the Native Americans. They built it on the backs of blacks. And this is the way that it was always been. And in order to change that, we must do what Nelson Mandela said. We must seize power and show the people the right way. Now, everybody's crying about the riots and, and the looting and the burning. But guess what? Things never change unless someone has to lose something. Donald Trump is taking us into a whole new era. He's telling you now to put your kids at risk and put them in schools as guinea pigs for his re-election. He's flaunting the rule of law. He has pardoned his partners in crime and has told the American people that he can do whatever he want to do no matter what the courts rule. We got to change this, people. Derek Chad of Minneapolis took us into a whole new world okay and he did this because he didn't fear any repercussion for what he's doing okay and how he was doing okay police departments across the country now are being put under a microscope that they should have been put under 20 years ago okay so when you look at what's going on, we must understand that everybody has to be held accountable for their actions. That means the young people in the neighborhoods have to be shown accountability for what they do. Our police officers must be held to accountability for what they do. Our politicians must be held to accountability for what they do. Our activists must be held to accountability for what they do. Now, now, I want everybody to take a minute and to think about, are you registered? If you're not registered, get registered. Think about registering 10 people and get them to the polls. Our kids need a future, and we need to put people in office that's going to give our kids that future. Season 5, in September, we're going to be talking about politics. It's going to be real hot. The, the movement of Black Lives Matter should be either in full gear or running off of that steam. And we should have a female VP pick. We're going to have a lot of issues we're going to talk about. Our goal right now for Black Radio, STMK Radio 100, Cleveland's first black podcast stations and stations out of Atlanta, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Savannah, all down the coast. We're banding together to register and get the vote out. We want to see a wave. We want the people to speak. We want a change to come so hard that it drowns. The voice of hate. I'm your host, Sean L. 
on Stop the Madness, Keep It 100. And before I close out Season 4, I just want to say thank you, Cleveland. Thank you, L.A. Thank you, Atlanta, Savannah, the 78 cities that has put us across the map, the, the love that's being shown us, the World Wide Web, and all the pouring in togetherness that you have shown me, Tony Stone, J-Mac, and B. Christina. We appreciate it. I appreciate all the people that appeared on the show, the professor out of Atlanta, Prince, so some more the comedian mr black the comedian all the people that was with us that helped build us up to the thing and some that even has left us like sax man we wish him nothing but the best courtney we wish him nothing from the best doug million the comedian we wish him nothing for the best aj john we appreciate everything you've done for us. NPR, iHeart, Shiny Mac, the Vegas Casinos. Hey, we thank everybody. And especially we thank our listeners, you, for taking us over the edge and pushing us up in the hot air balloon and making us the best we can be. Because at this point, we are running the airwaves. XM, PX podcast broadcasting hey we want to thank you for being with us and thank you for backing us and pushing us uh pastor thompson and and then we want to thank them for being with us hey we got so much more that's going to come up and that we're going to really be doing and we want everybody to know that we appreciate your love your support and when season five starts in september and we're going to our fifth year in our fifth season, we're going to bring the power and we're going to stop the madness and keep it 100. As always, I love you. And until next time, peace, love, and happiness. Faces big is big, I can't lose. She can bow down, I'm the next to rule, but I'ma stay on the cool. Remain on the under, cause like Andre 3000, your boy's ice cold. Ain't no limit to the gimmicks and ways to make money. No limit to the just to act funny when you get that cake, cause you spit that way. They may love you tomorrow when they hate you today. But yo, that's the way the story goes, so I was told. Following the ramble down the yellow big road. But you believe at the end, ain't no pie to go. Just some platinum beats on the Cleveland streets. I don't give up, it never gave up, I'm just living it up No, I hold it down, baby, because I'm certified G I'm just living it up, the money can't go with me, so I'm spending it up Money ain't a promise, it'll love me, living comfortably Never giving it up, I made it all on my own, you ain't getting the book Shawty got it live with the players from K-16 You've been listening to Stop the Madness. Keep it 100 on STMK Radio 100.